Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. To Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read one verse of Scripture in your hearing, and then I'm going to pray. Uh, these verses will be on the screen if you don't have your Bible. But as long as we live in a country that's still allowing us to carry a Bible, you ought to, you ought to do it every now and then. Amen. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn how to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, It's Time to Be Transformed. Pray with me. God, thank you for transformation. Thank you for your spirit. God, I thank you for faith to believe in you. And I ask you now, God, to strengthen my, my throat, my voice, my back, my neck. God, I pray that you would anoint me to say the things that would be sound doctrine. God, I pray that you would speak to us now from your word by your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. It's time. Our theme for 2021 is it's time if you watched any sports center last night or early this morning you saw uh the guy on sport anybody catch that guy on sports center between every segment they had him announcing uh what was coming up and it was it was my boy uh michael buffer or bruce buffer whichever one it is uh they're brothers and and they they both are ring announcers but I mean, I, I was watching him one day, months and months ago, and God began to work this it's time spirit because he, before every big fight, like he did last night after Conor McGregor took that beat down. Y'all don't know about that. Took that beat down. Uh, the, the ring announcer gets up there and says, it's time for the main event. I'm telling you, it's time for the body of Christ to start being who God called us to be. It's time. It's time. We've got to get out of what we're going to do. I've been telling you for years that the trap of the devil is procrastination because the devil cannot get a true believer to hate God. He can't stop us, but he can stumble us. He can't halt us, but he can hinder us. He, he can't derail us, but he can distract us. Are you following me? He can't make a true believer hate God, but what he can do is make a true believer procrastinate on God. Are you following me? And if you fall into that, well, as soon as the new year comes, I'm going to start reading my Bible every day. Where are you at? Well, as, as, as soon as we get past uh, the, the, this, this season that we're in, as soon as I get some people that deal in, in finance, as soon as we get past tax season, as soon as we get past this fiscal year, as soon as the kids get out of school, as soon as the kids go back to school, as soon as we get, be listen, there's always, they schedule the calendar to every month, there's something to procrastinate through. 
Well, we don't want to do this because, you know, it's January and people are just getting back to school after being off for God knows how long. How, man, they give these kids so much time off today. Uh, we didn't get that when I was growing up. Y'all know how we did it. We walked to school uphill in the snow both ways, got one day off for Christmas and went to school a thousand hours a week. But January, can't do anything for God because, well, it's the new year. People just getting back in, in the swing of things. February, well, can't do anything for God. In February, we, we got Valentine's Day. Listen, Valentine's Day is a scam. Scam, it's a scam because roses, go buy you a dozen roses right now, $12.99, anywhere you want them, any way you want them. Buy them. A week before Valentine's Day, you know what they're going to be? They're going to be a scam. That's what they're going to be. You get, you get the cheap ones at Winn-Dixie that turn black before, before the sunrise the next day for about 50 bucks. Uh, but, you know, can't do anything, uh, you know, in February because va- you got Valentine's Day. March, you know, well, it's about to be spring and people are doing spring cleaning and, well, April is tax month, and, and you got that. Uh, listen, there's always a reason to put it off. The Bible says if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never do anything. And so you can't, if you get caught in this, well, you know, I just want to wait until my, my spouse gets saved or, you know, until my kids get grown or until the baby comes or until the baby's walking. There's always a reason for you to procrastinate, but I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to keep telling you, it's time for the blood-bought church to raise up in worship and in true Christian fellowship and be the men and women, the young people that God has saved us, created us, and empowered us to be. That is going to take transformation because in and of ourself dwells no good thing. That's why when I hear people say, Pastor Scott, I had to give so-and-so a piece of my mind on the job, I just, oh, cringe, cringe, because no one needs a piece of your mind. No one needs a piece of my mind. What they need from us is the truth from God's word. Don't let them get a piece of you. Don't let them get, oh, they, they, they saw the real me come out. How many of y'all know there's still some of you in you? Man, it's one of the greatest things. It's one of the greatest reassurances of my salvation ever. And sometimes it works right. And sometimes it doesn't. Some of y'all are smiling because y'all know what I'm going to say. And, and you, you enjoy it too. Uh, sometimes, hey, sometimes it works right and sometimes it doesn't. But in those situations where somebody does something to me that I know, oh, you really? You want to take it there? You want to take it there? That's what you want. You want to take it there? But when I don't go there and they're trying to take it there and I just, hallelujah. And I just let the peace of God wash over me, and I don't bring, I don't give them what they had coming to them. I just reject. It just reminds me, Lord, have mercy. I know I'm safe for sure. Because back in the day, that would have went a whole different direction. Back in the day, they might have got shot and left for dead right where they stood. And when you know that there is a God on the inside of you, here's the thing. you got to make a determination. Are you going to let God come out of you and greet your people around you, or are you just going to give them a piece of you? Because we need less 
The world needs less of me and more of he. Can you say, can you, can you believe that? Well, well, I just think my voice, listen, millennial, let me tell you something. Let me just get up into millennials and younger right now. If you're under 40 in this room, I want to tell you something. Nobody cares about what you think. If you're over 40 in this room, let me give you something too. Nobody cares about what you think. The difference is, if you're over 50 in this room, you already know nobody cares about what you think. Because your mom and daddy raised you better than these fools out there today. And, and they told you, I don't care what you think. I don't care if Johnny jumped off a bridge. I don't care if Sally's family lets her stay. I, they, we wasn't ready. But now these new parents are like, well, I just let my kids, you know, if they want to stay up, I just let them stay up. And, you know, and, and if they don't want to eat all their food, if they don't want to eat all their food, Man, I grew up, you wear that around your neck to bed if you don't eat it. These people today, and here's what it is. And I say this about millennials, number one, because it's true, and number two, because it's funny, and number three, because I've read the research. Millennials, they, they tell their employers the, the thing they want most out of their job is for their voice to be heard and, and, and for their, their impact to be felt. Listen, you've been on the job. You ain't even filled out your employee benefits package yet. I'm going to tell you the truth. Hey, this is just a little mind opener for you, for you millennials in here so you know how the rest of the world thinks. I'm talking about the, the, the rest of the world that pays their own bills and don't still have mom and daddy paying their car payment at 40. Uh, uh, the rest of the world, you know what we wanted out of our job when we went to work? That's the, I don't even have to say it. Grown people in, just want a paycheck. And, 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 and listen, and we didn't want too much harassment. But if they harassed us, we didn't want to go see HR. Oh, I, need, I, need, I, need to, I need to talk to the HR department. They hurt my feelings. Listen, did they pay the check? If they hurt our feelings too bad, we started looking for another job. Here's a little more free advice to you before I get into the preaching. I'm going to get into it. I'm trying to get some of y'all's minds right. Uh, if, if they hurt our feelings too much, we went and looked for another job. Here's some free advice. Here's some good leadership advice. Here's some business schooling for everybody in the room. The best time to find a job is when you already got a job. Well, I'll quit and go get me in the No. You ride that paycheck and go get you another job, and then you let them know. I'm going to keep throwing this microphone on the ground until the church buys a new one. This microphone was given to the church 16 years ago by a friend of mine. Uh, I've thrown it against the wall, dropped it on the ground a thousand times. The, the manufacturer says if you drop it once, it probably will never work again. So thank God for overcoming my stupidity. But here's the reality. If you live in your feelings, people are not going to see Christ in you. They're only going to see you in you. And I believe it's time. Say it's time. Let's, let's look at our text verse again, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, let's look at the first verse. We, I'm going to be a little teachy this morning because I want you to get this. When we read the Bible, we always have to pay attention to what? Pay attention to the punctuation. Don't just rush through 
each verse, each chapter, each book. Take it in bite-sized pieces. Digest it. Get it down on the inside of you so you won't just have head knowledge, but it'll get into your spirit and you can apply the things that you learn. So we're going to break it down a little bit this morning and get out of here. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, comma. That comma is cause for what? Pause and think about what God is saying in this verse. Don't copy the behavior and custom of this world. We're a Bible church, so I teach a lot of hermeneutics in our church. I teach you the science of interpreting Scripture so you get a proper understanding. And one of the ways that, that we uh, interpret Scripture properly is we learn certain principles. We learn certain keys that we keep in our mind. If the Bible says they and them, it's usually talking about what kind of person? Unsaved person. If it says we and us, it's typically talking about who? Saved people. Not always, but these are just some keys that we stay focused on so we understand the Scripture. Now, we know, go back to the verse. Uh, we, we know that there are certain things, and if, if you've been around any length of time, when you read Scripture, and I am so repetitive because people learn through repetition. When you read Scripture at home, and I hope you do, I, I hope that you hear my voice or the voice of God telling you, slow down and think about it. I hope you hear some of these questions that we always review in Bible study. When God says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Now, keep in mind, this chapter is talking to Christians, okay? So God is talking to believers, and God is telling believers, if you're a believer, this is right, right in your wheelhouse, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. So most of y'all that have been around for a while, you already know what's coming. You know the question that's coming next. Why would a holy God tell his blood-bought church, people who love him, saved, sanctified, fire baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, loving Jesus, Bible-toting, scripture-quoting, demon-chasing, kingdom of God-raising, believer, why would God tell that crowd, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world? Because we do. Because we do. How pitiful is that? How pitiful is that? That you want to see now, you can't see it at Abundant Life. Now, y'all like, hmm, I just like to worship at such and such church. We'll go to such and such church. I understand they got fog machines, laser light shows, dim the lights real down low, make you think you're in a club. I understand that they, 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 they got you know, uh, uh it, they might not all be gay, but metrosexual. Let me give y'all some of y'all metrosexual people out there a hint. You know what metrosexual is code for? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you, you, you think, well, I just love the worship at so-and-so church. I think that's why they're so big. And you're right, because uh, statistics prove the number one reason people pick a church in today's day and age is because they like the music. Now, one thing we don't have to worry about, the, the average megachurch right now, the most megachurches and most churches that are growing numerically at a fast pace have one thing very in common. They have a skinny jean wearing worship singer with spiked up bleached tipped hair, frosted tips on his hair, his hair. Uh, uh, if the skinny jeans didn't throw you bad enough, if, if the fact that a grown man weighed 130 pounds didn't throw you bad enough, um, you, you go in these churches and you got that, that to look at. Hey, we don't have a laser light show. We don't have fog machines. We might not even sing your favorite worship song. But one thing for sure, you ain't got to worry about no metrosexual, half-gay, all-the-way-blown-out gay uh, worship leader in skinny jeans with frosted tips on their hair. 
Now, now, now we, we got Uncle Ken and, and, and Sister Judy. Uh, that, that, that ain't just frosted. That's earned. <laughs> she said amen. Pastor, why you got to get on them? Well, do you think that they learned to dress like that, jump around like that, clounder and worship like that, to look like that? Do you think that it was their grandfathers and great-grandfathers in the tradition of the Lord's church that taught them to go and dress like the world, look like the world, sing like the world, dance like the world, jump around like the world, lead people in a concert like the world? Do you think that they are copying the behavior of the blood-bought church, or do you think they're copying the behavior of the world? But I just don't agree. I believe times change. Times do change. That's why you're sitting in a chair and not a pew. God tells his church not to copy the behavior and customs of this world. I've been hearing this since the first week of my salvation. I got saved on July 15, 1981 at 345 in the morning. And God radically changed my life, and I've been hearing since the summer of 1981 pastors saying, we've allowed the world to creep into the church and change the church when God's design is for the church to go out into the world and change the world. And if that was true 40 years ago, I'm here to tell you it's still true today. We got people, and I'm not talking about people who claim to be saved. You can't, you can't hold people who claim to be saved to a standard. I don't expect people who just claim to be saved to read their Bible, say their prayers, make good choices. I don't expect people who just claim to be saved to love God with all their whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. I don't expect people who just claim to be saved to be true blood-bought followers of Jesus Christ. But I'm talking about real Christians. Say real Christians. We got real Christians who are struggling in their relationship with God because they have let the world creep in to their own culture. This verse, I don't have time to teach it out to you, but it's talking about the system or the culture of the world. Say culture. How many people in this room, how, how many people think that there are truly saved people who, who know what the name of the bachelor and the bachelorette are? So Y'all don't want to raise y'all's hand because you know it's you. You know who's on Survivor Island. You know who the American Idol is. You listen. You start saying names. So, somebody, go ahead. Go ahead. Just don't be shy. We ain't gonna condemn you. Uh, I, I just need your help. Uh, give Give me the name of one of these. Uh, what was that show Simon Cowell was on? Y'all know. Um, uh, what American Idol? Give me the name of some some of them winners. Who Who are some of these famous people who who got rich and famous off these TV shows? Fantasia, Kelly Clarkson, oh, Carrie, was she the first? Well, I, Carrie, Carrie Underwood blew up. Y'all hear all these people knowing all these names? Who? He stuttered? Now, I'm not saying you, you're unsaved and going to go to hell forever because you know that Reuben stuttered. But what I am going to say 
is the church, and I'm talking about real Christians now. I ain't, I ain't talking to fake Christians because you can't expect them to love the Lord. I'm talking about real Christians. The average real Christian in this room, outside this room, around this country, knows more of those names than knows the names in the Bible. I've been putting y'all on point for, for 20 years. This summer will be 20 years since uh, my, my wife and I founded this church. Uh, and, man, I just been, I've been reading. Uh, y'all, y'all know Gail went, on, went to be uh, with God in heaven 14, almost 15 years ago now. And I've been reading a lot of her writings this week. Uh, I have her journals and her Bible and her Bible notes. Uh, and, man, this woman, she, she loved the Lord. I've been telling y'all for this whole 20 years that you need to try to figure out who these 12 disciples were. I've been asking people in Bible study for 20 years, can anybody in the room name all 12 apostles? And people are still like, hmm. Um, Hezekiah? Nebuchadnezzar? Man, my, my, my own son last night, we're shopping uh, where America shops. Y'all know that used to be Sears, but now it's Walmart. We're in Walmart last night. I'm all the way past this way. Seth's following behind me, and he's like, Dad, this, this, this child has stumbled up across the book rack aisle, and he saw a Bible trivia book. And he wants to, he wants to open it up, and he's like, let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me test you out, Dad. <laughs> and I'm like, son, don't be that person. All these whack church members want to come at me with some random obscure verse and, 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 and wonder, do, do I know what Abraham's uh, third cousin's second wife on her brother's nephew's sister's side was? What, what profession was, was Elimadad? Uh, look that up. Uh, and, and so Seth, uh, he, he hit me with about uh, 10 randy questions out of this Bible trivia. Uh, that's random questions out of this Bible trivia. How'd I do? Uh, hell, he said I did good, so, so praise the Lord. But <laughs> we know so much about the world. Who's playing in the AFC championship game? Well, who cares? I'm going to tell you one person who knows for sure, and that's my, <laughs> Stacy's pointing at him. That's my man. You got Chief Gear on today. How long have I been telling you? They're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. He's like, well, they better do it today. They, they got to get, listen, it's not, it doesn't make you a sinner because you know that the Chiefs are going to stomp the Bills out in the dirt today. Rick's like, mm. it doesn't make you a sinner because you know that, uh, Tom Brady went to the Bill, uh, the Bucks this year, a team that hadn't been to the playoffs in over a decade, almost two decades, and took them from nothing to, to the Super Bowl. Doesn't, doesn't make you a sinner because you know Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady about to get it on in, in an all-time quarterback challenge. Doesn't make you a sinner because you know who Fantasia is. Uh, but the question I'm going to ask you is, in the midst of all this concentrating on worldly stuff, are you spending any time at all concentrating on God? God said don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but sadly, it's true. I don't have to, I don't have to go any further uh, than Halloween. 
Halloween, if you haven't figured out, dressing up children like vampires, witches, whores, playboy bunnies, ghost goblins and ghouls, demons and weirdos, skeletons of dead people, zombies. If you haven't figured out that that's not a Christian practice, you're not paying attention. Just do a little research on your own and, and, and find out uh, that, that why, why, why do we give candy away? Why do we have trick-or-treat? Just do a little research. You don't have to research far. Go to the website, ALCF Now, AbundantLifeChristianFellowshipNow.org, and just look, pull up the archives and listen to the Halloween message. I'll lay out all the facts for you, or you can do your own Google research. But Halloween is pervasive inside. Every year when I preach on Halloween, somebody quits or stays. Listen, if you hate me and you disagree with me, listen, it's okay to disagree with me about anything but Jesus. But if you disagree with me to the point where it's going to get in your feelings and you're not going to be able to receive the word of the Lord, there's the church up the street for you. Don't get mad at the truth. The truth's the truth anyhow. But churches embracing Halloween, that's crazy. Some of them know it's crazy, so they try to distance themselves while still copying the behavior and the customs of this world because they hold an alternative event. They hold an alternative event. It's so popular in, in American culture now because churches have copied the custom of the world that when they have their alternative Halloween event on their church grounds that they supposedly sanctified to the Most High God, they call it what? Trunk or treat. Why? Because we want our children to be able to dress up too, just like the world. We want our children to be able to get candy too, just like the world, to which I shake my head because half the parents saying that spend 364 days out of the year telling little Johnny, don't eat red candy because it will keep you up at night. Me and Seth always crack up. Why red candy? That orange candy won't keep them up at night? That green candy won't keep them up at night? Uh, it will. Trust me on that. But parents like, oh, I don't let my children eat a bunch of candy, Pastor. Oh, can't wait for Halloween. I got all my candy bought. Makes no sense. But the, the, there is a real God and there is a real devil and the real God wants you to follow his ways and the real devil wants you to be influenced by the customs of this world. So here's what I want you to do. I want you today to start taking inventory of your personal life and start saying, how much of my life is following the customs of the world and how much of my life is following the custom of God? Now, it's dealing with culture. If you study the context of this, it's dealing with a world system that is based on culture. Now, so you got to determine how much culture. Well, let me, let me just say some things that are culturally relevant. 24-hour uh, day news channels. If you watch more news, if you, if you study politics more than you study Jesus, then you've been uh, copying the behavior and custom of the world. What else? Technology. If, if you're playing 200 hours a week of video games, or even 20 hours a week of video games, or even two hours a week of video games, unless you're spending an adequate amount of time in God's Word on top of that, then you are being influenced by the world. Guess what? Two plus billion people look at every day in this world. Only one thing, Facebook. Two plus billion people, over two billion people a day. And listen, the average Facebook user in this room spending over an hour a day on Facebook. Let me just ask you. I already know the answer. Are you spending over an hour a day on your knees in prayer? 
I never read it. I read probably more than any human being you will ever meet. I, I have read more. I love to read. I'm not saying that like it makes me somebody. That's just something I enjoy doing. Uh, my, my favorite thing to do is to read. I like to read. I like research. I like facts and information. I've, I've always been that way. I read, and I read, and I read. One thing I never read, and, and a lot of non-readers did read, was the Left Behind series. How many of y'all remember that Left Behind series? You don't have to be ashamed of it. Wasn't nothing wrong with the Left Behind series. Tim LaHaye is one of the greatest authors in the history of America. But these books were this thick. This thick. And I'm like, well, personally, I don't read fiction. I'm too busy reading truth. Uh, but, you know, you're like, well, you watch football games, and I, I read fiction just, as a, just to decompress. Okay, I get that. No problem with that at all. But, but here's where the problem came. I don't know how many there were. I don't know if they're even still creating them. I think there were like 13 of them. Anybody know? How, how, how deep? Anybody, anybody get past 13? Listen, all those books were this thick. And every person I ever asked, they're like, oh, I just love this Left Behind series, Pastor Scott. I am just loving. I'm learning so much about end times. I'm learning about the book of the Revelation. And I am just learning. Uh, there's this family in there. Bill, he's a pilot. And there, he's got a son and a daughter. And, oh, it's just fascinating. And I'm just learning so much. And I'm, I'm, on, I'm on volume 11. I've read all 11 volumes. Can't wait for volume 12 to come out. Oh, I'm, I've already pre-ordered it. I am going to get volume 12. I am in. It's a soap opera. Okay, but I'd never tell them that. What I did ask them, and I got the same answer for every single one of them. People that are on volume 5, 8, 10, 11, I asked them all the same question. Let me just ask you this. Have you ever taken this one 1,189-chapter book, because you've read, read over 2,000 chapters of Left Behind, have you ever taken this one book, only this thick, only takes 72 hours to read it, have you ever read this book from cover to cover? I got the exact same answer from every human being I asked that question. Uh, you think they said yes or you think they said no? Even Christian books can sidetrack you. Well, Pastor Scott, I don't like to read the Bible. I just like to turn my worship music on. Listen, worship music is great, but the Bible says that God exalted his word above his name. We've got to get our minds right. We've got to get beyond what the world likes to do and get it. Well, I don't like to do what God likes to do. The, the Bible's a hard book, and I can't understand it. Let me give you one cliche, even though I don't like cliches. The Bible can be difficult to understand, but it's a lot easier to understand if you fall in love with the author. You fall in love with God, start reading the Bible. Listen, the world, I, I'm going to tell you, the Bible says don't copy the behavior and custom of the world. Listen, the world ain't reading the Bible. The world ain't spending time every day in, in real prayer. The world's not spending time every day in worship. The world's not bringing 10% of their increase plus an offering to the church every week. We have got to take the commands of God seriously. And he said, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. If you don't get anything out of today's message, I want you to make sure that you take an evaluation of yourself and see, what is it that I do? What, what am I spending my time on? Is it worldly stuff or is it? spiritual stuff the, the the verse goes on to say but there, there there's a transition here but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think I want you to see two specific things in here that God is saying needs to happen God wants to transform you into a what new person 
God wants to transform you into a new person. This is not talking about salvation. This is not talking about God wants to take you from being lost to being saved. He's talking to saved people that still need transformed. How many of y'all know you can be saved and still need change? All right? God, let God transform you into a new person by what? Changing the way you think. So here's what I want. I want the Bible geniuses in the room to answer this question out loud for me. Make sure you get it right. God wants to transform us, and the way God chooses to transform us in this scripture is by doing what? Changing the way you think. I want to tell you something. We've all got stinking thinking and we've all got bad voices stuck in our head. And some of them were heaped on us as children unjustly. Some of them we just keep repeating to ourselves. But the Bible says that we've got to let God transform us. Now, we understand, those of you who've been around for a while and have studied these principles, these biblical principles of interpretation, uh, if you look at this passage and you think about the principle of inference, when the word says, let God transform you, what is that inferring, Bible students? That you can let him or not. That, that, that either you can let him or you can not let him. I want to tell you something. I know many people in this room on a personal level, and, and I, I'm not here to bash you. I'm just here to tell the truth because the truth's the truth anyhow. I know for sure some of y'all, and at times in my life, some of me have not been actively letting God change us. But guess what? Two words, theme of our church, it's what? It's time to let God change transform you and 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 it's key here to understand this is a work of God you can't fix yourself I've told you for years if you could fix yourself you would have already fixed yourself if you could stop drinking on your own you would already stop drinking if you could stop smoking on your own you would already stop smoking if you could stop being mean and hateful on your own you'd already stop being mean and hateful if you could stop being carnal and lazy on your own you'd already stop being carnal and lazy lazy on your own if you could stop whoring and fornicating on your own you would already stop doing all those things we need God. Can five people say amen? amen. Let God. Now, and this is why I tell wives all the time because it's typically the wife doing it with the husband. It could be reversed, but typically uh, in my experience, I've had to counsel wives to say, stop nagging your husband and your children about their symptoms. If you got somebody that you love in your life and they're unsaved, stop telling them what you need to do is stop drinking. You need to put that bottle down and pick your Bible up. If a lost person puts a bottle down, picks a Bible up, and stays lost, you have not changed their eternal position. It's, they don't need, what you need to do is stop going gambling every Friday night and stay home and pray with your children. Why would a lost person stay home and pray with their children? Stop nagging people about their symptoms and fall in love with Jesus for yourself and let them see a different you. When the world sees a different us, they're going to want what we have. So we've got to get to the place where we let God transform us by changing the way that we think. In the King James Version, same verse, Romans 12, 2, I want you to hear it in, in an older version. The, the Scripture says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of of your mind same verse same truth there you can be conformed 
or you can be transformed. You can become more like the world or you can be transformed to be who God wants you to be. And they both happen by the renewing of your mind. Uh, go back to the, to the, uh, the newer translation. You get, you get a re renewed mind by changing the way you think. Say, change the way you think. The battleground, one, one, one theologian said this, the battleground between conforming to the world and being transformed is, it, is within the mind of the believer. If you really want to become the man, the woman, the young person that God wants you to be, you got to get it right between your ears. you got to get your mind right. See, you see because uh, you, 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 you can't, the, the heart can't embrace what the mind rejects. In your heart, if you're saved, you want to love God. If you're saved, you want to be you want to be holy and faithful and, and, and true. And you want, to, you want to be that child that honors the Father. But you, your heart wants all those things on the inside. But if your mind is filled up with junk, then it is hard for the heart to embrace what the mind rejects. And we got to get our mind right. we got to get our thinking right. we got to do what the Word of God says to do because it's time. Christians must think differently. Christians must think differently. We've just come out of, and, and it's funny because they say this every four years, we've just come out of the most contentious election in the history of American politics. Well, they said the same thing uh, when, uh, who, who was running last time? Uh, Trump and Hillary. They, they said the same thing about that. Who was running before that? I mean, they, they always say that, but obviously politics is contentious. Obviously, people get caught up and in their feelings. Obviously, we had people, stupid people, mean, hateful people, people who didn't want to be conformed to the way God thinks. And, and I lost a lot of friends when President Obama was the president because I just made it my personal mission to every time I heard somebody say, Barack Obama's not my president, I made it my personal mission just to get under their skin. Because somebody's got to be a truth-o-meter. Somebody got to bring truth to the world. Well, he's not my, and I, I would seek him out. I see him say that on social media. I went in, and some of y'all used to pray, the pastor get off social media. I finally let those people alone. But I went in on them. People were saying, Barack Obama's not my president. That was just like sound, sounding a, uh, uh, an alarm to me to get me to come running. Because I'd finally make them all say, oh, are you a Christian? Oh, do you believe the Bible? Do you believe that God's word is true? Well, God said that all kings are placed in authority by God. Do you think God placed President Barack Obama as the president? Are you resisting God's will? Are, are you against what God wants? And I began to tell people, and y'all know the answer because y'all heard it enough. Uh, why was Barack Hussein the president of the United States for eight years? Because God wanted him to. And, and, man, I used to have a certain amount of people that would be like, you go get them, Pastor. You let them know. That's right. Be down with the cause. Be an ally. Be a supporter. Be, be up front and out there. Let them know that Barack Obama is, ever, is our president. And so I was all, I was all about that cause. And, and, then, and then when that gear got shifted and, and Donald Trump became the president, guess what? All, all the hand-clapping folk uh, were like, hmm, hmm. Eh. Mm. 45 ain't my president. <laughs> they wouldn't even say his name. 45 ain't my president. Orange. Orange ain't my president. That racist, evil, God-hating dictator ain't my president. And so I thought, you know what? 
What's good for the goose is good for the gander. And I'm, a, I'm an equal opportunity truth teller. Uh, if, if you don't like it on this side, then you can lump it. And if you don't like it on that side, you can lump it too. So I went out and I started telling people, uh, you want to know why Donald Trump is the president of the United States? Anybody know why Donald Trump was the president of the United States for four years? Because <laughs> God wanted him to. Some of y'all can't even bring yourself to admit it. Some of y'all can't even bring yourself to agree with it. <clears throat> Some of y'all still holding on. I'm still seeing Trump pence signs in people's driveways and, or in their yards. Uh, and I want to stop and tell them. Uh, but, you know, that's just, that's just the me-me. And I want to give them the God of me. Uh, so I don't stop and tell them, do you want to know why Donald Trump ain't the president? of the United States. And some of y'all going to quit this church over me saying this. I feel it already. Well, praise the Lord. It's hot in here right now. You're breathing up the air. Do you want to know why Donald Trump lost the election? Now, 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 don't scream out because it was stolen. and da, da, da. Yeah, Give me all your. Donald Trump is not the president of America. I'll make it easy on you. I'll get off your boy. And i say, uh, let, let's just stay in keeping. Why was, was Barack Obama president of the United States for eight years? Why was Donald Trump president of the United States for four years? Some of y'all still can't even say it. Why is Joe, Bre Joe Biden the president of the United States right now? Why is Joe Biden going to get kicked out in the next 18 days and Kamala Harris become the president? Well, that ain't happened yet, so let's just wait on that. Some of y'all like, I pray for it every day. It ain't holy to pray Joe Biden have a heart attack at 78 years old, die just so your girl can get in. See, that just, that's, that's that stinking thinking. That's that stinking thinking. I had black pastor friends who, when Barack Obama got elected, they told me every day for eight years, one of y'all going to shoot him. Bishop said went during the election uh, that the first, the first sound you're going to hear after uh, Barack Obama swears into presidency is guess what? Bang! Did anybody shoot him? Four years of Donald Trump being president. Uh, Joe Biden told the world, if you elect Donald Trump as president, he's going to put y'all back in chain. First time black people didn't get mad at somebody saying y'all. It's okay to smile. Let me say something, white folk. All the people of color in the room, they know what color they are. They knew they were black when they got up this morning. You got to worry about that. Uh, I, I'm good with the people in, uh, in, a, in abundant life. But did anybody, did anybody shoot Barack Obama? No. Did Donald Trump put anybody in chains? No. Is, is the world going to end because Joe Biden is now the president? You got 18 people in the room thinking, hmm, probably. <laughs> if you keep thinking like the world, you'll never win this battle of being who God wants you to be. God wants you to understand that there are kings that are temporary, that come and go by the thousands. But there is one king who is eternal, and his name is Jesus, and he is the only one we can trust. we got to change the way we think. Let me get through this so we can get out of here. Uh, the Bible says to be transformed. The word transform comes from a really cool Greek word that, that you can figure out a word that's, that's used in the English language that also comes 
from uh, this Greek word. The Greek word is metamorpho, metamorpho, metamorpho. Can you think of an English word that sounds like it might have come from metamorpho? Metamorphosis. Now, when you think about metamorphosis in, in, in science class, we, we were taught this word as if it only applied to one thing, but it doesn't just apply to one insect, one creature. It applies to many things. But when we were taught about metamorphosis uh, in, in seventh grade physical science uh, or earth science, we, we were taught that metamorphosis is seen when the what becomes the what. That's all the old people in the room. They remember that. When the caterpillar becomes the butterfly, guess what happens? We call, scientists call that metamorphosis. God calls that being transformed. Now, if you Google, and I recommend that you do. I'm going to read it to you word for word. If you Google metamorphosis, here's the definition that you're going to come up with on, 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 on your first search result. To change the form or nature of a thing or person into a completely different one. To change the form or nature into something, to take you where you are and change you into something better. Now, that happens at the moment of salvation, but it still needs to keep happening today. You need a metamorphosis in your life. You need a transformation in your life. And I'm going to tell you this, some of y'all have been delaying it. You've been delaying it. You're still a caterpillar when God's trying to turn you into a butterfly. I say that to make you feel good, but that ain't even all the way true. You're still a carnal believer when God's trying to turn you into a... Oh, I want to be a butterfly. I want to be pretty. I'm so pretty. I'm so pretty. Now you still look the same. But you can be different on the inside. The Bible says real beauty's on the inside. See, the reason why some of y'all are concerned about being pretty, I'm so pretty, is because the world told you you needed to look a certain kind of way. Look, 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 look at Deacon West. Deacon West got his head shining in the lights today. Listen, he ain't even trying to eat. He, he let that go, shaved it off, uh, and, and decided, listen, I don't know what, though. I don't know if we got that from them or they got it from us, but the whole world's embracing that, that bald. You look good, son. I'm, have, I'm proud of you. Keep that shining. I always get it off the front row. But the change that God wants to see is this transformation in your life. It's not for you to become a gross, ugly, vile, crawling on the ground uh, caterpillar into something beautiful and amazing and glorious like a butterfly. No, God doesn't. God's not concerned with uh your, your physical outward. The Bible says that the outside is perishing, that beauty is vain, and it is fading. God is concerned with changing us on the inside. This metamorphosis needs to happen on the inside. It's the exact same word that used in Mark chapter 9 when Jesus had his transfiguration. Jesus was transformed in, 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 into something more glorious. And I want to tell you this for sure. God wants to take every Christian in this room and he wants to transform you into something more glorious. The Bible says that he wants to transition us from one level of glory to the next level of glory. Now, if you're here and you're not saved, God wants to change you from being unsaved to being saved. But let's get this wrapped up today so we can get out of here. The, the Scripture says that, uh, go put verse, verse 2 back on the screen. We got it right there? Put, put, it in, put it in the King James Version. Put it in that other version. There it is. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's changing the way you what? Think. 
that or so or because I want God wants all this to happen so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You want to be who God wants you to be? You want to prove God's will in your life? You want to become the man, the woman, the young person that God wants you to be? You got to be able to prove it. Uh, one, one theologian, one commentator I read this week said, you may know what the good and acceptable and perfect will of God is, but you can't prove it in your life until you've been transformed by the Holy Ghost. You can talk about what God's will is, but you can't prove it. You can't prove it to anybody. The number one reason lost people say they won't come to church is because all the what? Hypocrites. All the hypocrites going to church. And, and there's plenty of hypocrites going to church, but tell them what I tell them. You go to Walmart, there's hypocrites at Walmart. Hypocrites ought not to keep you out of it. You go to your house, there's hypocrites there. You, 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 you go sit on the toilet, there's a hypocrite there. You stand in front of your sink, look at yourself in the mirror, there's a hypocrite there. Who you calling a hypocrite? You! Let me say it to this side of the room. You too! The Bible says everyone's a hypocrite. Nobody but Jesus is perfect. We all say one thing and do another. But we have got to, for the glory of God and the transformation of people, we have got to get to the place where we're not just talking about God, but we're proving out what His will is. See, when somebody sees the change in you, then they are going to want to ask you, you questions. Now, it's great to share your faith everywhere you go, and you should, but let me tell you when, when it's easiest to share your faith. When somebody pulls you off to the side and says, I just got to know. What is it about you that makes you different? Why is it when everybody else is, is, is losing their mind, you seem like you have a peace? What is, when somebody begins to ask you what's different about you, then you have proved the will of God in their eyes. You have proved what, it, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Talking about it is one thing, but walking it out is a different thing. The Bible says God transforms us by changing the way we what? Think. We have to think differently. Real quick, and I know we're late, but Philippians 4, 8 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, Bible students, what kind of people is God talking to in this verse? Christians. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Oh, man, when anybody tells you one final thing. If you're in a class and, and the teacher says one final thing, you need to write that down. This, this is big. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, I'm going to break it down quick and easy for you. Uh, I, it's, it's one word. It's three letters. It starts with G and ends with O-D. Uh, it, 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 rhy it rhymes with, uh, what the, rod. There you go. Thank you. Um, what is one thing we can be sure of that is excellent? What is one thing we can be sure of that is worthy of praise? I don't have time because I've talked too long already to tell you everything that is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. And that's not the way I learned it. And in and, and my Bible that I've had since I first got saved, it's on a shelf now because all the pages are falling out. In the margin, I've got written down uh, T-H-J-P-L-G. Anybody know what T-H-J-P-L-G means? True, honest, just, pure, lovely, and good report. 
true, honest, just. You got to think about things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and a good report, or in a different way of saying it, true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Now, let me tell you how you know when you're not thinking about things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of a good report. Let me let you know how you're not thinking about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. When you get in your feelings, you get hot and bothered, you're thinking about the wrong stuff. You're thinking about, well, I'm, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. We, we had so many people like, what do you think about them rioters at the Capitol? I wonder what would have happened if they'd have been my color jumping in that Capitol. What would have happened? Well, I don't know. One woman got shot with nothing in her hand. Maybe that would have happened to people of your color too. Or maybe the cops would have stood down uh, like they just stood down in Portland and Seattle when, when they burnt down the Democratic uh, uh, headquarters building in Portland. The, the, the leftist organization Antifa. Stop supporting Antifa. Antifa is a terrorist organization that hates America. And don't let your children participate in that. You start getting, well, what do you think about this crowd? Well, what do you think about that? Well, what do you think about what Donald Trump said? What do you think about what Joe Biden? What do you think about Jesus? What? Listen, Donald Trump is not excellent and worthy of praise. Neither is Joe Biden. Ne neither is Fox News and neither is CNN. We have got to get to the place, hear me and I'm done, Start thinking more about the right thing and less about the wrong thing. Put your affection on God. The Bible says, if you then be risen with Christ, set your affection on things that are above. Start thinking about the right things so you can allow God to transform you. Verse 8 says, keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the peace of God will be with you. Bible students, answer one last question for me. We're going to get out of here. The Bible says to do this, do this, do this, do this, think this way, think this way, allow this, allow that, change this, change that, transform this, metamorph that. Then God, the God of peace, will be with you. Bible students tell us this. When is then? Then is always after. Stop trying to get to then when you didn't do the before. Until you've done well, I'm just ready for God to do X, Y, and Z. Well, God's ready for you to do A, B, and C. You're trying to get to Z without A. You're trying to get to step five without step one. Then the God of peace will be with you. Then the God. Listen, everybody in this room wishes that God would break through. God going to come through like a hurricane. God going to rain down righteousness like, like a river. God going to overflow your belly with rivers of living. You got to, we want to get to all that. But you're not willing to let God change the way you think? Hmm. Donald Trump. Hmm. Joe Biden. Hmm. QAnon. Social justice. Huh. Liberals wrecking the economy. Hmm. What world are you really most concerned about? Too many Christians are deep-rooted in this world. There's nothing wrong. Y'all know. Y'all know I love Wayne, and y'all know for sure Wayne only cares about one team winning today. Am I right or wrong, Wayne? I mean, you, you want them chiefs to win. There's nothing wrong with that. But if he wants them chiefs to win, 
And I only say this because I know he doesn't. I know he loves Jesus more than he loves the Kansas City Chiefs. Ain't that right? He loves Jesus more than he loves the Kansas City Chiefs. It's okay to be pulling for whatever you're pulling for. It's okay to go see your son and your daughter in the school play. But if you love everything, anything on this planet more than you love God, you need to be transformed. And even if you say you love God the most, you still need to be transformed. Because it's not until we let God change the way we think. It's not until we start thinking about things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of good report. It's not until we start thinking about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. It's not until we start getting Jesus on, on our mind all the time. We used to sing a song in the old church. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in the morning Jesus at the noontime Jesus 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 when the sun goes down until you get God on your mind 24 hours a day until you can say like the psalmist said your word is precious to me I meditate in it day and night until you can honestly say I'm all about God until you can get thank you Jesus in your mouth the Bible says let us continually offer him the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto his name until you can start saying that you say thank you Jesus more than you say anything else in life you still got room to grow. But as you begin to allow it to happen, as you begin to let your metamorphosis take place, as you begin to be transformed. See, we've all been conformed to the world. We all have. Every haircut in this room, including Deacon West, have been influenced by, by secularism. Every pair, of, every, every pair of pants, every dress, every pair of shoes, even these boss Thursday boots, every, every belt that you have on, the wallet, the purse that you carry, has all been influenced by secularism. The Bible says that we are in this world, but we don't have to be of this world. And I'm asking you today, if there's any true children of God, I'm asking you today to do what the Word of God says and let God change the way you think. Well, I've got my own thoughts. Mm. Well, you need to reject that. The Bible says, well, I can't help the way I feel. The Bible says you've got to learn how to take every thought captive and bring it into the obedience of Christ. Well, I feel this way and I feel that way. Your feelings don't allow you an exemption from obeying the Word of God. Well, you don't know what I've been through. Do you know what God went through? Do you know what Jesus went through to purchase your salvation? To put the Holy Spirit inside you so that you could be empowered to be all that he's called you to be and to do all that he's called you to do? It's time, believer, to change the way you think. Let God change the way you think. Get new information. Get in this book. Read. Find out the things that are true, the things that are honorable, the things that are just, the things that are pure, lovely, of good report. Find out how excellent God is. Find out how deserving of praise God is. Because when you fall in love with God, everything else will take a back seat until you can't even think about it anymore. And it's just Jesus all day long. I hope you can agree with me today that because he loved us enough to die for us, we ought to love him enough to live for him. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. God, I thank you so much for the Holy Ghost. I pray, Lord, you'd fill us to overflow. 
Let, a, let our minds be consumed with your thoughts. In the midst of hurt, in the midst of pain, even in the midst of tragedy, God, I pray that we will always remember that you are a good, good God and that your mercy endures forever. Thank you for saving us when you didn't have to. Thank you for loving us even though we don't deserve it. God, I pray that you would help us to love you more than we ever have. God, I pray that you would transform me by changing the way I think. God, I want your thoughts to flood my mind. God, I pray that you would encourage me and empower me to spend more time in your book, God, so that I can see everything that is true. Jesus, you told us that your word is truth. Ground us in your word, God. Teach us more about you so we can love you more. Change us so you can use us to change the world. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to alcfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.